Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast, where we focus on how authors found success, looking at strategies that have taken them to the top of the bestseller charts, as well as what they've learned from their mistakes. Because being an indie author is more than knowing the latest marketing trend. It's about being innovative and creative and learning from your mistakes. Welcome to the Wish I'd Known Then podcast. I'm Sarah Rosette. I'm Jamie Albright. And today on the show, we have L.B. Dunbar. Yes, we do. It's so good. Yes, this is a great interview. We talk about um, how she transitioned to full-time, and um, she talked about focus and how she uh, focused on meeting her financial goals so she could Mm -hmm. transition to full-time, and it was really good. Right. I kind of think of it as an everyman interview. You know, she's she's not an overnight success. She's been doing this a long time, but Mm -hmm. she just sort of paced herself and and made some critical decisions that yeah. that really worked in her favor. And um, yeah, it, it's not a get rich quick kind of interview. It's a, yeah. you know, just put in the work kind of thing. And uh, yeah. it was really good. Really yeah, good. I liked when she said that um, she was seeing people having great success and she thought, why not me? Why not That me? was her I phrase. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, because, and then she talked about um, like, um, pacing herself mm-hmm. to get to her goals. And that's something that hardly anybody talks about. Right. You right. know, like, cause we, and human nature, we want to achieve now and we want yes. to quit our jobs now. And mm-hmm. she talked about how she realized she had to pace herself reaching her financial goals and also in her writing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I just thought it was really good. I yeah, enjoyed it. I did, too. I did too. I did too. What's been going on with you? Well, um, this week I was released from jury duty, which oh, was, yeah. yay, yay. <laughs> <laughs> because, and I thought about later, I thought this is one of those things that like, you just can't control certain things in your life. Mm-hmm. Can't control like, mm-hmm. like getting sick or, um, you know, things that happen with your work that may impact your family that may impact your work. And so this one, it would have been for a grand jury and I would have had to be downtown two days a week for the next three months. Mm. So it was interesting because at the beginning of the year, I had thought about doing some different types of promotion things. And I was really glad I had because I thought, oh, well, at least I have these kind of in my back pocket. Mm -hmm. But um, I, you know, I could still do them, but I don't have the pressure of being, having having to be somewhere else two days a week. Right. And for where we're at downtown, (laughs) Is it's not like it's fifteen. It's not minutes, like a little ten yeah. minute jaunt. No, no, it's not. It's like thirty minutes to an 45, hour. Yeah, 40, 30 minutes to an hour, depending on traffic. So, yeah. thankfully, right now traffic's not horrible, but it's still. Uh, when I had surgery last week, we had to go down, you know, through mm-hmm. downtown to get to work, and traffic was much worse than I expected it to be. Yeah, yeah, and it it's was stressful little, driving. Yeah. 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 So that happened. And then um, I found out this week um, that the first book in the Ellie series, my traditionally published series, has mm-hmm. come out in audiobook. The right. narrator tagged me on Instagram, and that's mm-hmm. how I found out. So yep. that's, did y'all uh, miss that? Did y'all miss that? That's pretty typical of how things her go. Her narrator tagged her. That's how she found out, not her publisher telling her. Yeah. Yeah. They did email me later in the day. So. Yeah. They did get in touch, but that's very typical for a yeah. mid-list author who's traditionally yeah. published. So, but um, 
the cover is really cute and I think it turned out really well. So that's, that's really great. good. Yeah. yeah so that. And then um, I've been reading a really good book. It's uh, one? it's called the Mimosa tree mystery and mm-hmm. it's really unusual. It's um, set in Singapore in the late, it's a series set mm-hmm. in the late thirties, early forties. Uh-huh. And it's written by, um, uh, I hope I say her name right. Ovidia Yu. And she's from Singapore. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is based on, people like memories that her family had from like world war two time. Uh And it's just fascinating. And it's the characters. It's not a British point of view character. Uh It's a woman who grew up in Singapore and it's just really good. And it's like the fourth or fifth book in the series. So it's like, you're like, you see all these threads that have been running through the series start coming together. Uh And then there were some payoffs and then there were some twists that I was like, Oh, I did not see that one coming. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so that's good. So what have you been doing? Well, I've gone viral this week. (laughs) You've been a little busy going viral. (laughs) Oh, it's insane and stupid, but it's so funny. So I back when quarantine started, there was this tweet that said, women, don't go to some guy's house for a hookup. You know he's not going to have any sheets or and don't only has hot pockets and cheese puffs and he won't have any toilet paper. You don't want to get quarantined there something to that effect. And I thought it was hilarious. And it just kind of spurred this idea of this quarantine story that I started writing and putting in my newsletter. And it's not a pandemic disease quarantine. It's a, um, it's just a general quarantine. It's just like, yeah, it's like, a. um, there's a chemical spill. And so for a few days, everybody has to quarantine in their house anyway. So I started writing the story and have written it and put in my newsletter. And, you know, as I do, you know, there've Mm -hmm. been, there were days in, I mean, times I put out my newsletter, there wasn't a story, but I finished it. Thank God before the end of the year. And I'm going to, I put it up on my newsletter. I have a, private page on my newsletter for, I mean, on my website for my newsletter people to read it, but I'm going to put it out. And so I got a cover and it the covers adorable. And, um, but I wanted to use that tweet at the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't really know the protocol for a lot of things, but um, I decided I'll, reach out and ask her if I can use the tweet. Cause I felt like I should, she, you know, yeah, it's her tweet. that's nice. Yeah. So it, I was just going to say this book, you know, this book is inspired by this tweet. And so I, uh, <laughs> I reached out and, uh, ask her and she said, absolutely. Can I star in the movie? And I said, Oh, for sure. And we <laughs> had a little funny laugh and everything. Well, afterwards I realized she had like 25,000, followers on Twitter. And I, (laughs) I didn't realize that when I asked her, but I didn't really think anything about it. So the next day I'm writing, but I keep getting these Twitter, like Twitter followers. And I'm Mm -hmm. never on Twitter. I haven't, (laughs) but I'm not on Twitter. And so I keep getting these followers. Well, I thought it maybe was because of Clubhouse because I'm on Clubhouse and Clubhouse is linked to Twitter, but I just didn't think about, well, about four or five o'clock, my daughter texted me and one of her friends had texted her a screenshot that this woman had tweeted of Uh our conversation. And Uh my daughter's friend said, is this your mom? And (laughs) 
that tweet has over 150,000 uh, likes on it, and it's got all these comments. Well, one of the things that happened was I said I was wondering if I could, you know, use the tweet. Well, because of how I talk <laughs> and my accent, I said wondering, W-A-N-D-E-R-I-N-G, <laughs> instead of wondering, W-O-N. I know, y'all, I'm a... <laughs> I'm a storyteller. I'm not necessarily a writer. And so people, of course, were commenting about that. And immediately I was just like, oh, shame. Like those are my shame buttons because I know I can't spell. And I know, I mean, I know I struggle with spelling. And I really just wanted to crawl in a hole. I'm not going to lie. But then I thought, you know what? All I can do is own it. So I just started commenting. Yeah, I'm a writer. You know, good thing I have a fantastic editor Right. And I seem to have won them over by owning it. Yeah. But then I realized she had posted the video or she posted a video about it on TikTok, which I have a TikTok account, but I don't, I hadn't posted anything. And my daughter called and said, you need to do a duet TikTok with her. You know, you do. so a duet is you play her video and then you respond to it on, you know, on your side yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. I actually lifted a card up that said wondering, W-O-N-D. <laughs> but y'all, I had to write wondering backwards so you could oh. read it. That took longer than anything. It looks great though. I know. Y'all, that, let me look real quick. That video, that duet video has 86,000 views, y'all. <laughs> 86,000 views. And it has, oops. And it has 25,000 likes. Uh, Not bad. Not bad. I know. Just stupid. (laughs) So anyway, I went viral. I can't tell you my life has changed at all. Um, I did put the book up for pre-order. And so I've got, and I didn't tell anybody, um, you know, any of my followers. I just kind of posted it on TikTok. And I have, I have pre-orders, so that's cool. And I do have a few people that on TikTok that have been asking me, you know, what book should I start with? Yeah. Or, or do you have other books and stuff? So that's cool. But I, I, I was telling my daughter last night, I said, I'm feeling very anxious about all this. And she said, I know it's a lot. And I said, it is a lot. But what it is, is I felt like that I had been saying, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book, because I don't want to lose this opportunity in front of this many people, but right. that's not really who I am. I don't generally do the whole buy my book thing. So today I'm going to post some more TikTok videos, a couple more, and I'm not going to say anything about buying my books or anything yeah. because that's not who I am. There are other things I can talk about or do. And um, Well, I don't think it's bad to just let people know that you have a book right? and that's kind of what you've done, but now you're going to transition to something else, which is the way to do social media. Exactly. Exactly. But it's hilarious. I mean, like my, my kids can't believe (laughs) that their mom has gone viral. That's hilarious. And it's funny because their friends are saying, Hey, this is your mom, isn't it? And that's pretty funny. So, um, that is great though. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. that's really that. And, like I said, I finished the book and so I got the cover and I, I have got it um, set up. I'm going to send it out to my art team this weekend yeah. and get them to 
read it, review it. The people that have read it really love it. And mm-hmm. it's just a little 23,000 word novella. It's really nothing, but um, it's fine. Well, but it's very um, appropriate to the times we live in, you oh, know, well, yeah, yeah. even though it's not a uh, quarantine, like Corona or coronavirus, no. it's still quarantine and we're yeah. all still living with that. So, yeah. So that um, it's relevant. Yeah. I'm not at all interested in writing anything about, a pandemic or yeah, <laughs> nothing like that. I, I, I have no interest in that, but this, I, I could write this funny and, and, and her then, tweet was so funny that it, it was perfect setup for a book. So, yeah. And then you can write another short story novella about all of this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. About a woman of a certain age going viral. That, and uh, her kids going, mom, yeah. would you just get off TikTok? <laughs> off social media yeah so the book's called locked in love and yeah it's it's it'll be it's it's not really my small town romance brand rom-com brand but it's enough of me that Mm -hmm. um i feel like it's a good thing i'm sure it has your trademark humor yeah yeah (laughs) it does does have some funny parts so that is awesome yeah Yeah, that's awesome just being busy being viral yeah i'll I'll try to remember the little people you know (laughs) yeah don't forget us so stupid y'all it's so stupid (laughs) but but you just never know you never know when that's going to happen and when it does you might as well say hey i have a book yeah i figured i should take advantage of it so i did yeah yeah. So well, anyway, well, we should get on with the interview. It's much more interesting than this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's LB. All right. So today we have LB Dunbar with us. Hi, LB. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, we're so happy you're here. I can't. I'm so excited. I think this is going to be a great interview, so let me read your bio and we'll get right into it. L.B. Dunbar has an overactive imagination. Such creativity has led to over 30 romance novels, including those offering a second chance at love over 40. In another life, she wanted to be an anthropologist and a journalist. Instead, she was a middle school language arts teacher. The greatest story in her life is the one with her one and only and their four grown children. So we're glad to have you here. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) So, Elby, tell us how you got into writing. Well, um, I always wanted to be a writer. Um, When I was younger, I wrote all those love poems, you know, the teenage (laughs) angst and stuff. And um, I always had in the back of my head, though, that I wanted to write, like, the great American novel. And I remember very specifically telling a friend who said, why does it need to be great? Why mm-hmm. can't it just be a good story um, that people enjoy to read? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that really sort of <laughs> sparked um, the thought process of like, why not? I mean, why why can't I do this? Mm-hmm. And then very specifically, um, I saw this man in a small town. He was interacting with his daughter and this whole story sort of evolved around him um, being a single father, selective mute daughter, um, you know, and some kind of like story behind them. Mm-hmm. And um, it really took off and it didn't, it took me three years, but um, eventually I published my first book, um, Sound Advice. And that's, that's literally how it started though, was seeing this man in the small town and just the story not letting go of me. So that's amazing. 
That's wonderful how just like a little snippet yeah. of something can grow into a whole novel. It's just, yeah, it is quite strange at times because people ask, <laughs> you know, how do you get your ideas and where did the idea for this book come from? And it's like, it's hard to describe. Sometimes right. it's a one thing or it's a combination. It's very interesting. Right. But yeah. I love, I love that advice your friend gave you. Why does it have to be great? I, I just love that. I mean, you know, we want it to be great, but I think, I think that does stop a lot of people from writing because they they're afraid they can't make it great. So I love that. I think, um, I think that's true. You know, at the time I was comparing myself to, um, the great Gatsby to F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> and I was like, that's the kind of novel I want to write. And she was like, why, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of true. I mean, yeah. I, um, I'm not saying there aren't great romance novels no, that are exactly you know, yeah. awe inspiring, but um, those were pretty big aspirations, I guess. Yes. Yeah. yes. Especially for a first novel. That's a lot of yes. pressure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so what is your definition of success? Um, you know, I think about this all the time, and I think my definition definitely changes. Mm-hmm. At the moment in 2021, I would say my definition is undefined, Mm. but in 2019, my definition of success was the fact that I could eventually um, leave my full-time job. I always had what I called like the 10-year plan that I would continue working the day job. And then in 10 years, I would be able to write. And then it was down to seven. And then a lot of stuff was happening at the day job. And I was like, I just want to get my youngest through college. And then um, 2018 happened, which I'll talk about in a couple of minutes. Um, and so by 2019, I was like, this is it. I'm not, I'm, I want to dedicate myself fully to uh, writing and not having the outside distraction of having a full-time job. So in that year, that was success to me was that I'd made it to that next level of this was my, this is my job and my love. I, I hate to call it job because I do love writing. So it's not, you know, it's not, um, sometimes job has a <laughs> negative connotation to it. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So what do you wish you'd known about writing and craft when you started? Um, pacing <laughs> I wish, and grammar too I don't think I was the strongest writer per se like I could I could tell a story mm-hmm. um, and even though I was a language arts teacher though I really didn't have a I, I don't have a large vocabulary and I didn't have a good grasp of grammar mm-hmm. and um, and then pacing for a story I'm not sure that I always had that kind of ebb and flow that you need to really keep people turning the page. I'm not even sure I have it now, but I definitely think I'm getting a lot better at it than when I started. I definitely say you have it now. Aftercare is one of my favorite books of yours and and really one of my favorite books. And um, yeah, I just couldn't wait to see what happened next in that book. So, yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. (laughs) Well, what about marketing? What do you wish you'd known about marketing? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's by far the most common answer. (laughs) Um, When I started in 2014, um, I don't, I'm I'm not even sure that um, KU existed or it might have just been newly born, but I, I did nothing. I mean, I posted in 
lots of random groups, um, but I knew nothing about advertising. And that went on for years. And then um, Mark Dawson happened, but to be honest, I couldn't afford his class. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I never took it. I just took bits and pieces that people were willing to share. Jamie um, is one of the people who is very generous with information. And, um, and then Sky Warren happened. And I really will say that for me, Sky Warren's classes on Facebook kind of like turned the light switch on. But at first, I, I, I spent probably well, a good four years knowing nothing about marketing. Mm-hmm. And then um, to their credit, you see all these new authors come along and they've studied the marketing before they started writing. And I think that that is really advantageous mm-hmm. um, to them because right away, if they have a strong book, they also know how to market it. So mm-hmm. I, I wish that's the number one thing I wish I'd known a lot more about uh, before I hit publish. But a part of it didn't even exist really mm-hmm. when I published. So, right. yeah. And there's something to be said for learning the writing first, because if you learn all the marketing, but you don't have a good book, it's much harder to get sell through. So, yeah. you know, it's not always bad to do it the way you did it. Right. right. And the marketing advice at the time I published, you know, everybody's advice was write the next book. Mm-hmm. And then it was, um, you know, it takes five books before you've sort of broken out. Well, by the time I had five books out, the whole system had already changed. Five books didn't matter. You still needed either that one great book or you needed a lot more, um, a lot more books and a lot more experience to mm-hmm. be recognized. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing is, you know, it's, you feel like you've just learned something from the marketing and it'll change on you. So, yeah. yes, <laughs> yeah. That is true for sure. Right. So what assumptions did you make at the beginning of your writing career? Looking back, did they turn out to be right or wrong? Well, at the very beginning of my writing career, um, I thought traditionally published was better. I'm older. So I'm I'm old school. And um, I sent, well, two things happened really at the same time. I sent in... um, my manuscript sound advice and was rejected like constantly. And at that time, sometimes you didn't even get rejected. You just got nothing like yeah. that just meant you were rejected. Yeah. But also um, I started investigating the, this independent publishing um, and back. I actually, my first novel I ever, ever wrote was back in 2005 and I never had it published. I had people read it. They liked it, but I, I didn't know what to do with it. And in 2007, um, an author uh, friend in the neighborhood, he writes mysteries. He said, well, there's this new thing called ebooks coming, but it's never going to make it. That was in 2007. (laughs) He said, it's never going to make it. And he's like, and it costs a lot of money to do it that way. But the more I started investigating in around 2013, when I knew that I was going to publish I was like, this doesn't, you can do this. I mean, everybody's doing it. Like Colleen Hoover, you know, I call her like the grandmother of success. I mean, her and like Abby Glines and Jamie McGuire, they all did it on their own. So it was like, and eBooks definitely were not, not making it. So um, I think that was, you know, my first misconception of course was that traditional was better because I'm a control freak. So I don't know that I could have a traditional publisher. Right. Um, you know, I don't yeah. even try anymore. It's yeah. not not something 
of interest to me. Yeah, yeah, me either. Yeah, I, I kind of learned that lesson even before I published because I was sort of like you. I, well, I grew up in RWA, you know, so oh, Romance right. Writers of America, that was the thing you did. You went to conferences, you pitched to editors, and I pitched, um, I, I was pretty sure I was going to self-publish, but I was at a conference that my RWA was hosting, and we had a hole where the for pitches and they didn't want the, the editors and the agents sit there. So they just asked me if I'd pitch and I said, sure. And they loved the book. Like they wanted the book. They're laughing. I'm just, I go on and tell them about the second book because I'm not stupid. And I'm like, and this happens and they're laughing and they are fighting over this book, literally sitting there fighting over this book. But then one of them says, did you say it's a rock star? And I said, yeah. And she said, oh, you'd have to change that because rock stars don't sell. <laughs> and then she said, and the second book's about a lawyer. Yeah, they don't sell either. You'd have to change that. And I'm like, they, she said, people want just normal men. Like women just want normal men. I said, running from a mechanic is a restraining order. Like running right. from a rock star is my book. And But that was such a good lesson because I thought, you know what? They don't want my, they like that I could tell them a story that made them laugh, but they don't want my book and I'm not going to change it because of some trend they think won't happen for 18 months. So, right. And at the time there were like in the top 50, there were like 12 rock star books in the top 50 or something like that. So, you know, rock stars yeah. sold. So yeah. Yeah. And they still sell. You they know still sell because you and I both write them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm, crazy. Well, you said that or a lot, some of your books are about love over 40. And mm-hmm. was that a, a niche that was not being, served by traditional publishing um uh, well at one i wouldn't didn't know other than um so so the backstory with writing over 40 is um in 2017 i pretty much was going to quit writing (laughs) i i wasn't i was not making it um you know like i had a, a nice little following but 2017 was just like not a good year. The things that I published were just kind of all over the place. And um, I started writing something in my newsletter and my readers were like going crazy. They were like, this has to be a novel. And the story was also taking off in me. Like I was kind of like, oh, this is a little more than 5,000 words, you know, for my (laughs) newsletter. Um, And so I, I wrote Aftercare and previous Previous to that, though, I had published The Sex Education of M.E. And when I did that, um, my beta readers were all young. And they all said to me, no one's going to want to read that. No mm-hmm. one wants to read about a woman who's a mother, who's older, who's having sex in a minivan. And I was like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of think people might. Um, and so that success, uh, that book was successful for me at the time. And it kind of sparked more of that, like, I want to write like another over 40 romance. Mm -hmm. At the time, I also did go back to traditional publishers and I just started, you know, looking around and there was going to be an imprint. Um, I think it was from Entangled called Autumn. And it was like this whole, the whole premise was that they wanted all these older characters. I honestly do not know what ever happened with that. (laughs) I've never seen any books. Um, necessarily published under that imprint. I've never, you know, like I've never seen like a big advertisement 
like now available from Entangled, mm-hmm. over yeah. 40 characters. I've never seen anything like it. So I'm not really sure what happened to that. Um, and it was one of those moments again where it's like, oh, I think I want to go traditional. And then, no, I really don't. Um, <laughs> and so I published uh, Aftercare. And I'm going to tell you, um, and Jamie already knows this, I attribute a lot of success of Aftercare to Jamie because the first thing she did was she messaged me like two days later and she was like, get that thing in Kindle Unlimited. And I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, you know, I'm like so squeamish. And Jamie's like, get it, get it unlimited. Um, and so I did. And it was crazy to me. I was like, holy cow. Yeah. And then the next thing Jamie was like, get some AMS ads. And the final thing was, she said, raise the price of that book. And um, really aftercare, January 2018 was the turning point of my life. I mean, and I attribute a lot of it to Jamie who was like, do this. Well, so. that's very nice of you. But that ca- that book has the best cover. Like, oh, I still you. look at that cover. Like, if it comes up and I just get like a, a visceral feeling, like there, it's just the best cover. And the story is great. And, um, you know, it's sexy and it's sweet and it's emotional. And, I mean, it's just it just has it all. But so you had the package. You just needed to get it in front of the right people. So, yeah. Thank you. You know, um, I also, too, you asked about uh, over 40 being a niche. And again, I'm not sure because, you know, what's interesting about romance um, is that it's really large and mm-hmm. you're really only in this small little corner of the uh, of the amount of people who write romance. But I had gone to a conference <clears throat> where I was asking a lot of questions about over 40. And the only person that anybody could ever mention was Kristen Ashley, who is amazing. But she was the only name when people kept saying like, oh, well, I've heard of someone writing over 40. It's Mm -hmm. her. And I'm like, that's it? There's only like (laughs) one author doing it? That doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, And so I became (laughs) determined. Maybe this goes back to the success question. Um, I became determined that I would like my name to be in that hat. When people say, I'd like over 40 characters, I want people to say, I'll be done by right some, you know, not just Kristen Ashley. So I think a lot of times that is a really good sign. Not always, but like if you can find something and there's only one or two people writing in it, or there's only one or two Mm -hmm. big authors, that may mean that there's room for more and that there's readers hungry for that. So right. That's great, I think. And I mean, when you consider the age of most romance read- readers, I mean, they mm-hmm. are over 40. The they majority are. of them are. And so it just stands to reason. Now, some people don't. They like the fantasy of the younger whatever. But, yeah, I think that, I mean, you just hit a great niche. I, I really think you did. I um, I don't mind um, n- new adult. I think Part of it is, too, that new adult and indie came together at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so at first it was really um, the that was the age category that was available to read. And so there was Mm -hmm. such a fantasy around it. You're right, Jamie. But then for me personally, as my children reached the age of that new adult, I just didn't feel as comfortable writing that. And (laughs) I also think that. There's so many things that over 40 people go through. I mean, like the women that I worked with who were nearing that age and they were, you know, they had not been married or some were getting divorced and dating. It was just like, 
you know, there was a whole kind of like new world in their stories at an older age that were are kind of similar to new adults, you know, yeah. when you're first like finding yourself. So right. Yes, that's exactly. very true. Yeah. Very true. Well, we also like to touch on mistakes and lessons learned in the podcast. So have you ever made a mistake that turned out to be a good thing? Um, probably I, I'm not gonna call it a mistake, but I'm gonna say um, my gut feeling with aftercare. Because like I said, um, I I really was ready to quit. I was like, I'm going to publish this book in January because I promised my readers that I would. And then I'm done. Like if this book doesn't take off, I'm done. I have to accept that I am not a writer and I'm not going to make it in this um, industry. So I feel like it wasn't a mistake, but that was like a gut feeling um, that maybe it wouldn't be a mistake because people had said that, like I said, people said, no, one's going to want to read people over 40. And I was, you know, did I, do I listen to them or do I not? Right. Mm-hmm. So mistakes that turn out to be good <laughs> would be that yeah. <laughs> yeah. mistakes that turned out to be negative, which I think is your next question. <laughs> oh, the list is long. <laughs> Yeah, the next question is like, have you ever had a brilliant idea that you thought this is it? This is the best idea I've ever had that turned out to not work. Yes. Um, in, <laughs> uh, in, a, in a few ways, you know, like I think the first is um, cover ideas. I've had mm. some great covers and then then no, they just, you know, they didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, uh, I... One of my personal favorites is Redemption Island and Return to the Island. They're a dark romance that I wrote, and um, they're books that nobody ever reads. And I love them. Like, if people say, <laughs> what's your favorite book? I still go back to being like, those were my favorites yeah. that I wrote, um, but nobody reads them. And I, it's not really that it was a mistake, but... It obviously doesn't fit my my niche at all. Um, it doesn't fit my branding at all. So it's really a story that maybe I should have just held on to. I don't yeah. know. Um, it's an and, outlier then. It's just an outlier for your brand. It's yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, um, I think the other mistakes that I've made is um, believing that a PR firm would, you know, be sort of like a Band-Aid, would solve yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because what I have definitely learned is not all PR firms treat all authors equally. Um, You know, the green of my money doesn't match the green of others, I guess. And that was a really hard lesson, actually, because when you're thinking of writing as a business, you want to believe that everybody in the business is in it for the business. And that's Mm -hmm. not true. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. And, uh, it's a hard lesson. I've had to learn that too. So, yeah. 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 Um, what's the biggest mindset change you had to make during your career? Uh, bank over rank. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's hard. I, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think uh, because partially again, because I didn't understand the marketing. So I didn't understand what rank really meant mm-hmm. um, that, uh, over time, I had to let go of the idea that, um, you know, lower, because really that's what it is, the lower your numbers, meaning like number one, number five, number 10, doesn't always mean everything. 
Um, especially if it's, you know, as you know, it comes and goes in waves, like one day you're at the top and the next day you could be down at the bottom again. Mm -hmm. So for me, I really had to accept that, like, I'm not going to look at those numbers. I'm going to look at how this is, how this is filling my pocket (laughs) instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even though, truthfully, I'm, I'm not driven by money. Um, to be a writer, I don't expect to ever be a millionaire. But I mean, you have to make enough money to sustain um, to sustain the process. Right. So yes. that became a big focus for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a I'm, good transition to mm-hmm. our next question was about like hitting your financial goals and how you did that. And uh, yeah, I think that it's great to have financial goals and. As a writer, I've always wanted to make money from my writing. I didn't want to just write for fun for me. I wanted people to read it and I wanted to sell it. So tell us about how you went about hitting your financial goals. And real quick before you start, I just want to say that this is really why we have LB on the podcast because she made a post um, just recently about this and it was so great. And so, pardon me, I want you to... um, as much as you can, just kind of tell us what happened and your kind of year long process to that. Sure. Um, well, I think what Sarah just touched on uh, is important too. You know, when I first started writing, um, in a sense, I guess I did it for the fun. I mean, I absolutely loved writing the stories. Like if I wasn't writing every day, I would feel like almost itchy. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted the books to be out there, which defines it more as a hobby than a career. And I guess, um, like I said, around 2018, I really decided I really want this to be my career. I I was having so many issues um, in the day job as a teacher. And it just, I love kids, but like the whole process of being a teacher wasn't doing it for me anymore. And I was like this, why am I going to look for a new teaching job? I already have a second career going if I can only devote myself to it a hundred percent, because when you work full time and then you write full time, you're really divided. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you you come home from work and you got to start like the other job, which is writing. Um, And then you have family. And I mean, you know, those people, they want your attention too. So um, I, so in 2018, I started the kind of the process of like, this is how much money I know I have to make to at least equal what I was making in my day job. But I also went to uh, RAM, which is called the Romance Authors Mastermind, again, put on by Sky Warren. And during it, um, Cora Seaton spoke and she said, pick a number. Don't make it an obscene number. Like, you know, we all want you know, $5 million from our books, but pick a number that seems reasonable to you and then put it everywhere. Like she literally was like, make it your password. So you cannot get into your computer without putting in that number. And I did that. I came home and I was like, I changed every one of my passwords to this number. (laughs) So it was like such a focus for me that in 20, uh, you know, for 2020, essentially, that that was a number that I really wanted to hit because it not only was like my income from the day job, but it was the additional money that I knew that I needed to sustain the writing um, part of my life as well. And, um, and I hit it. And I don't think anybody was more shocked than me. 
um, <laughs> around like November, I was kind of, you know, you check your sales every, uh, you know, sometimes every day, but at least once a month, I look at like the big picture and I was like, if I stay on target, I'm going to make this number that this woman, I didn't, I don't know, Cora, that this woman said, you know, do this and it will really help your focus. Um, and it did. And I, I made that number. I actually went above it. And I just, like I said, I can't, I don't think anybody's more shocked than me. <laughs> I actually did it. So uh, that's so great. That's that so is great. wonderful. It, it really is. Here. It really is. And so that let's transition then into the whole going from your day job to your, to writing full-time because um, I know that there was a little hiccup in the road. And so that just makes this story even better. I mean, your story of hitting your financial goal even better. Right. Well, um, like I said, with the publication of Aftercare, which was in January of 2018, I sort of had like a new outlook, like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, why not me? That became my (laughs) phrase. Like, why yeah. not me? All these other people are making all this money um, and they're doing really well and they're you know successful. And why, why not me? Why can this not happen for me? Um, and with aftercare, I sort of saw the vision of like, I could do this. If I only could write all the time and give all my attention to it, instead of, you know, having the day job from nine to five, which was really like, you know, seven to five. Oh, um, yeah. and you know, the family as well, not that I give up <laughs> my family, but you know, the family as well. Like if I could just only have the writing be my concentration. So I wanted to leave, um, I did want to leave my job in the summer because that's how, you know, the, the cycle of teaching goes, right. but I just couldn't, I just realized that I wasn't really ready. I wasn't financially um, quite to the point where I thought I, you know, could do it and not make my family suffer. So I did end up having to stay an extra year, um, at, you know, as a teacher. And during that time just became like the focus time. Like I learned all Facebook ads, I learned AMS, you know, and I just kept learning more about craft a little bit too, just to improve what I already felt was going to be my new brand. Because before, I, I mean, aftercare was like something like my my twentieth book, my eighteenth book. So I had all these books behind me, but they were all sort of all over the place. You know, mm-hmm. small town suite and rock stars, and then MMA, and then the dark stuff. I even did paranormal. I was all over. I didn't have a I didn't have a brand for myself, um, and so it was really the second time in uh, my writing process where I said, "Who do I want to be?" you know, how do I want to come across? What do I want my image to be? Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then again, like I just in 2019, even though I knew I was going to be leaving, I just sort of like bided my time that last semester, sorry to my students, um, that last semester of school and then, uh, left in June of 2019. But, you know, you, <laughs> for me, I was so excited to make writing my full-time career that it actually took me a little while to like settle into it too. Mm-hmm. You know, you think to yourself, like I have all day to do everything. <laughs> and then days would go by and you're like, I have done nothing. Today. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it took a little while to find, um, you know, to find some kind of groove and my groove is always changing, but I mean, now I'm, now I'm pretty entrenched in like, you know, how many 
how much I devote to marketing, how much I devote to writing, that right. kind of thing. I just think that's so smart because you you knew, I mean, you knew you needed to stay in the job, which I know that wasn't, you were struggling in. Right. Just because it wasn't a great situation, I think. And um, But you also took that time to, you know, the brand thing, you wrote more over 40 books. You, you set yourself up so that when you did quit, you were ready to go. And I just think that's so smart. Right. Well, I think that, um, like I said before, I think that's sort of the advantage to some of the new authors um, that mm-hmm. come out is that they've really, they've not only written a great book, but they've taken the time to learn the marketing first. Right. I mean, when I hit publish, I didn't even know what a blogger was. Like I, I, I had joined Facebook in March and I published in June. I, I've never <laughs> used Facebook before in my life. I did so much backwards. It's amazing. I'm still here. That's <laughs> success to me. Honestly, when I look back, when I look all the way back, I'm like, it's a miracle. I'm even having this interview with you today because <laughs> there was so much I did not know when I started. But you're tenacious. I mean, you just don't, you don't give up. And I love that. I just love yeah. that. So. And I think that's what makes the difference between people who stay in this a long time and people yeah. who are only in it for a while is that there is a lot to learn and there's a huge learning curve, but then, and you forget how much you've learned. So, right. Yeah. And the, um, you know, a lot of the, um, authors that I started with, there's kind of like twofold. There's like the group of people that I interacted with often when I first started and I don't see any of them still publishing. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that I didn't know, um, who published at the same time as, (laughs) and they've skyrocketed like Megan Martin is the one that I um, use yeah. most. I think we literally hit publish on the same day with our first novels, you know, and she's horrendous. Um, and then there's me still <laughs> pedaling my bike behind. <laughs> well, we wanted to talk oh, to you awesome. too about writing in uh, Penny Reed's Smarty Pants World. Can oh, you sure. tell us how that happened and how that's affected your other book sales and how that's going? Sure. Um, well, I, first of all, I love the Winston brothers. So if anybody is familiar with Penny Reed, um, and Green Valley, they know who the Winston brothers are. And it's really, um, you know, it's, it's small town, big family, which I love to read. And I also love to write. So, um, I was very familiar with the Winston brothers. And then, this was a fluke. I was illegally on Facebook at school. Like my <laughs> students were doing something and I'm scrolling Facebook and this ad pops up and it says open submission uh, for authors to join Penny Reads World. And it's funny because this actually goes back to a conversation with Jamie because we were talking about advertising and Jamie made a comment like if her, um, if her ads her AMS ads could be on Penny Reed's page. Like that would make the world a difference. And I was like, I know, like if only I could somehow connect with Penny. And then like, it seemed like a month later, here's this advertisement for submit to Penny Reed's world. So uh, I wrote a chapter for a character that was already within uh, Penny's world. And they were over 40, the couple's over 40. And I really, honestly, I wrote it, I submitted it, and I was like, she's never going to select me. Mm -hmm. And then I got selected. And 
that uh, at the time I couldn't use those characters because Penny had plans for them. But she said, uh, you know, we, if you are interested, we'd like you to submit something else. Like, can you, you know, pick somebody else, either another character or she gave me some suggestions and her suggestion was Naomi Winters, who is a librarian. Um, It doesn't have a lot of mention in her books, but enough that people, you know, recognize that Naomi was already a character that, you know, Penny had hinted at. And so I said, sure. And I said, um, you know, you're going to have to give me time because I need to go. Uh, I think it was I needed to go to Book Bonanza. And I was like, I got the signing. And I like, I can't think, you know, so like, give me a week. And then, um, as always, the idea just struck me. And so I wrote uh, her first chapter, submitted it within a day. Um, and right away, Penny was like, you know, sold. And um, she was generous enough to say, not only will I give you Naomi, but Naomi has two sisters. And if you're interested, you can write all three of them um, oh, wow, as over great. 40. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it was really exciting. And um, Penny is very uh, smart. I mean, she's very smart, like in general smart, yeah. but also just very smart um, in the industry. Right. So that's how um, that got started. And then uh, as for the experience, did it help? I would definitely say yes, like (laughs) a thousand percent yes. Um, What I did was I had a new book of my own release. um, I think it was like a month before my Smarty Pants Romance book released. Mm -hmm. So when my first Smarty Pants book came out and then people were kind of like, oh, what else did she write? Well, I had this other new book, you know, it wasn't like that to go all the way back to aftercare. I had this new book that also was small town, um, but in Georgia Mm -hmm. that people could grab. And that uh, Silver Brewer was actually, you know, one of my next bestsellers compared to aftercare. And I really think that a lot of that was from Smarty Pants Romance. And I'm not afraid to say that in all honesty, um, for 2020, Smarty Pants Romance was 10% of my income, which I think is a lot. Um, And when I talk to other people who are in other uh, worlds that they write in, the processes are all very different for for each author, which is very interesting with each overall author. So like Penny's world is very different than like Vi and Penelope's world. And it's interesting Mm -hmm. to learn from each other, the differences. So, um, you know, if other people are making more than 10%, that's great. But like for me, for myself personally, 10% of my income being smarty pants was huge. Yeah. 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 That's, That's great. And I think my actual statement was, who do I have to sleep with to get on Penny Reed's page? Oh, yes. yes that was. That was. I believe that, I believe was, that was my statement. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was it. Um, you know, and I'm also going to be writing um, next in Serena Bowen's. Oh, are you really? Oh, yeah. I love Serena. I love Penny too, but I love Serena. I love her. Yeah. Books. And it's really interesting writing in two different worlds because um, they each are so different. The, the worlds are, again, this 
kind of the same idea, like the small town, big family. But mm-hmm. author-wise, like Penny and Serena are both knowledgeable, but also knowledgeable in different ways. Yeah. So I feel like I'm I'm learning even more mm-hmm. um, by being in the two different worlds. And there's slightly different philosophies about the publishing process between the two of them too. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's interesting also. Yep. That's yeah. great. I'm, I'm not convinced that every other world has that. And right. then I've been to some parties of people in other worlds and there's like nobody in their party rooms. And so I think marketing is a, a big difference yeah. right. between the yeah. world. I think too, um, with Penny's world in particular, it's because first of all, Penny's branding just on her own is very different than a lot yes. of romance branding, but then that carried over into smarty pants. So all the branding is very similar. So it's clear what it is, but I know three people that have written in her world and I know that it's made a difference in all three of their, you know, their career, I mean, including you. I, I, I right. think that it's not just, you're, you're not the only one, I think because um, Penny is so smart with branding and, and just, stuff like that, that, um, that that's made a big difference. Well, um, you're exactly right. Like the, um, the stories that are included in Smarty Pants Romance are very individual to the authors themselves. Like I've read most of them so far and, you know, it is, it is, uh, appropriate to the author who writes them. But in addition to that, it is very, um, like concise to Penny's already existing worlds, mm-hmm. her knitting in the city, the Winston brothers, and um, newly she's going to have her education, the educational series, which was slightly younger characters. Mm-hmm. And in some of the other worlds, while they have the branding, um, the characters might be pretty far away from those original um, those original settings. So I don't, I don't know, I don't know because I don't write in those, but I've. Right. I've read a few of them. I also think it's incredible. It's another example that um, Kindle used to have, or um, Amazon used to have Kindle World. Mm-hmm. And then they let that go. And then <laughs> look at these women. I mean, they just took over and designed their own world and said, yep. we're going to do it ourselves again. Right. Right. You know, and it's, it's amazing how many of them did them at the same time, because it's not just Penny, but there's at least 10 or 15 who have their own worlds now. Right. Right. Yeah. Love romance authors. Yeah. (laughs) They're always leading the pack. They are. Exactly. So LB, tell people what you think you've done to set yourself up for success. Um, Well, I think part of it was pacing my own life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, uh, first of all, people, some people want to get rich quick. And I think I was very level-headed from the start that that was not going to be my path. Right. And then um, there is this idea of, um, you know, leaving the day job. It's a tough decision. I, I really, I understand that decision because you have your family counting on you and you can be making it one day in the book world and not making it the next. And I think for me, I just needed to reach a point where I felt financially comfortable enough to let go and then invest in myself because I think for the longest time, um, well, I still do this. You ride the roller coaster of like, I'm, I'm good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm good enough. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that you kind of have to reach a point where you say, 
whether I'm good enough or not, I'm going to devote everything I have to this. And then if it doesn't work, then at least I know I tried with a hundred percent because for me working, working, and then also writing, I felt like I wasn't giving a hundred percent to either one of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just think that it needed to, you know, take the years it took to keep the day job and, um, and just keep writing more books and publishing as often as I could, which I do publish four or five books a year. So you're very prolific. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, that was the way I feel like I've gotten to the point that I'm at now, which is that I'm sitting in my daughter's old room, uh, painted (laughs) yellow, and it's now my office. And this is where I, you know, this is where I work every day. So that's great. That's great. Great advice. Yes, this has been fantastic. So we're so happy you came and talked to us and um, tell people where they can find out more about you. Um, well, I, <laughs> Amazon, of course, um, I'm a hundred percent in KU at the moment. So Amazon is a great place to shop, but I'm also on Facebook <laughs> way too much. <laughs> um, and, um, you can always find me on Facebook. My Facebook group is called loving LB and, um, I spend a lot of time in there. If you like so- sexy silver foxes, that's pretty much all we talk about and share pictures. But we also, most of my readers are older. So we share a lot of, um, a lot of stuff about us being older women um, <laughs> and the things that we go through at our age too. So that's great. Thanks for listening today. You can find all the links to everything at the wish I'd known then podcast.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thanks for listening to the wish I'd known then podcast. We hope this episode inspired you, empowered you, and made you laugh a little bit too. If you loved it, tell your friends about it. And if you feel so inclined, leave us a review. We look forward to being with you again next week.